This episode is brought to you by Libro FM, the first and only company that lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Ours is the Reading Rock Books in Dixon, Tennessee. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports the community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dogs, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, booksellers. The Good Old Days has a special offer for you. Get two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership using the code OLDDAYS, all one word, O-L-D-D-A-Y-S, Old Days. The offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S. Now on to our show. is the good old days a podcast at the corner of history and true crime i'm maggie coomer and i'm jasmine brand so it's saturday short stack you're gonna give me a little mini and we're talking about the bennington triangle we are okay have you heard of it before i have not have you heard of the bermuda triangle yes same principle great yes does amelia Earhart disappear in this one too no but there's like a ton of disappearances all right yeah okay buckle up i'm in i'm ready so it's not as tropical as bermuda um, because the bennington triangle is located in vermont not too far from the bridgewater triangle have you heard of the bridgewater triangle same concept though same concept (laughs) apparently there's a lot of these triangles there's a whole bunch of I I don't know, multidimensional theories about this. I didn't get into all of that. Don't understand it. Not going to try to. But but this triangle um, is, again, in Vermont, uh, and it contains mostly wilderness. It's like a lot of heavily wooded, like when you think of Vermont, what you think of. Uh, There's also a mountain there called the Glastonbury Mountain. So the land where this is taking place uh-huh. originally was inhabited by Algonquin speaking people. Um, from what I could find, specifically the Kawasak, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I did look it up, but I, you know, I don't know. Um, the Kawasak people from the Abernaki Confederation. Okay. And there are still some people from those groups in that area. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't find what they called the mountain, um, like the original name for it. So it'll just be Glastonbury Mountain for this. Great. Although they did call it, um, in some references that I could find, the place where the four winds meet. Because apparently Aww. the direction of the winds changes really often, which nice. adds to the mystery. Sure. Yes. And it also houses... the turbulence, I imagine. Yeah, it would would have not been very pleasant. And it's weird. So this mountain, when you're looking at it, it has these really jagged sort of stones Mm -hmm. that stick out of it, like pointy almost. God, I hate to fly. This is actually making me anxious right now. (laughs) Because I'm just envisioning like flying over this mountain and then four winds come at the airplane and then I crash into this jagged edge mountain. That's what I have in my head right now. Okay. So, so well, scary. I don't have any plane crashes for you, but okay. I would it wouldn't put it past 
this mountain if anything like that has happened there. So is the mountain the creator of the, is that supposed to be the thing? Like- so that's part of this, this Native American legend okay. is that there's something mysterious with the mountain. You don't mess with it. Okay. In fact, you should steer clear of going up it at all because there is this legend. Let me find my note here. The legend of the enchanted stone which in its simplest Ooh. form is one of these weird looking jagged rocks that sticks up is enchanted. And it looks just like all of the other rocks there. And you can't tell which one it is. But if you happen to step on it, you disappear into thin air so quickly you can't even scream. What? Isn't that terrifying? I kind of want to hike this mountain. <laughs> and you still can. There's a trail that goes through it called the Long Trail. Oh, shit. That we're going to talk a lot about. That's got to be a bucket list item. Maybe yeah. the last one. <laughs> the last the last bucket list <laughs> item. It's about 22 miles from what I can see. Oh, so it's shit. a long, it is a long trail. Oh my God. Um, So that's the main like folklore story that comes out of this area. And this story actually predates the Native Americans that were there. When they did archaeological research, mm-hmm. they found some of these stones and carvings date that date back to like the Neolithic period. So it's like an ancient site that a lot of people have been at for a long, long time. And between 1920 and 1950, there are 30 to 40 known disappearances and mysterious deaths. Whoa. So quite a few that happen within this triangle that's kind of mapped out around the mountain. I wonder, like, in comparison, are there other mountains that have, like, I wonder, like, how many more people have disappeared on Mount Everest than they have in this place? That's a really good question. Yeah. On average, it looks like five to seven people go missing on Everest every year. And this is dating back to the 1920s. Gotcha. And like 40 total at this other mountain? Yeah. Okay. So it's a lot. And this is like normal hiking trails. Um, And there is a particular cluster that I want to talk about known as the Bennington Cluster okay. that happens from the mid-1940s to 1950s and then, or sorry, mid-1940s to 1950 and then abruptly stops. And Sounds like some, some fuckery afoot. There is. And I've not found, I looked for it, I've not found a single disappearance that has been marked since 1950. Really? Yeah. That's weird. It's really, really strange. Okay. So I it. don't know what's going on. Um, no idea. So the first disappearance that's going to kick off this Bennington cluster is a man named Carl Herrick. Okay. And this is in November of 1943. He goes hunting with his brother and completely disappears. Mm -hmm. And they split up, which today we probably wouldn't do if we were out in the wilderness. Apparently in the 1940s, this was a pretty common hunting tactic. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the brother never finds him. He figures he's gone back out, Mm -hmm. whatever can't find him hasn't seen him raises the alarm and he's found three days later in the area that they were hunting flat on the ground like just laid out kind of on his back Mm -hmm. with his rifle his hunting gun about a hundred yards away from him Mm -hmm. and all these massive footprints all around him what yeah oh man (laughs) and hunters can't actually discern what kind of animal these footprints came from really Yes. Ooh, so it's a Bigfoot situation. It's a Bigfoot situation. So oh, they man. they for like I think just to write something like, down. Like literally a Bigfoot situation. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, it was probably a bear." They really don't know. They're like, "We don't we don't know what this is." Especially because the guy's flat on his back. He's not been mauled. He has like no signs of an animal attack whatsoever. Um, I've seen The Revenant. 
I think that makes me an expert on bear attacks. Mm-hmm. It's pretty it's pretty brutal. Yeah. 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 So not a scratch on this guy. Not a scratch on him. That's bizarre. And when they go to do and definitely his... not a bear. No, definitely like, not. I'm not gonna punch you really hard and run away. No. Man, I'm a bear punch. Like what is that? Yeah. And the weirdest part about it is how do you think he died? Heart attack? He had been squeezed to death. What? Oh God. Yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> Oh no! Like, That's how did he get crushed? Like, yeah. there's nothing around him that would have indicated that. But yeah, he was squeezed to death. They never figured out what, what did this or fuck? how. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I'm envisioning this giant Bigfoot thing, like just picking him up, and I don't know. I have no idea. Hugging him to death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just I, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but was like his entire body squished. Like his head and his arms, or was it just like his midsection? Like he'd been, you know how like if you have Play-Doh, mm-hmm. you squeeze it in the middle, and then you still have the... You know I don't about? know for sure, but he they said he looked pretty normal, just laid out. So uh-huh. I'm guessing it was like a... Like his bones were broken? Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Because that's what I guess would indicate squeezing. I don't know. How do you tell okay. if someone's been squeezed to death? Well, I imagine the autopsy. You open it up and go, this man's been squeezed. <laughs> All of his bones are broken. That that's exactly what happened. What do you put on the autopsy report? I don't squeezed? know. It's squeezed. It's probably it's probably something like crushed. Yeah, crushed crushing death. death. Yeah, but very strange. Anyway, the next weird occurrence happens in 1945. So about two years later, another hunter, and this time it is a 74 year old named Mitty Rivers, and he's oh. out with a group of about four people, and he gets a little bit ahead of the group. And also, as a side note, they're near a place called Hell Hollow. Oh, that's a good sign. (laughs) Just, you know, makes sense. And apparently Mitty gets a little bit ahead of this group and someone tries to run up to catch up with him. And he's just vanished. He's gone. They can't find him anywhere. He's not. They just cannot find him. It's like that high school student in the woods a couple years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I don't remember. That just vanished. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that so he's just vanished. So the group goes like back out and they raise the alarm and they search for this guy for eight days and they get hundreds of volunteers from the area and the army comes out. Oh, shit. Like the army gets involved, which is like a little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah. Because why are they? Yeah. What other missing persons case have you ever heard? Special forces to look for this 74 year old man unless he's the president. Yeah. I mean, he he's just a hunting guide. Yeah. Um, But anyway, they never find him ever oh no that's it like that's it for Mitty. like he disappears vanishes they never find him and it gets weirder because of course this is going to happen multiple times yeah um apparently there's also a third hunter that disappears but i couldn't even find his name so i guess i didn't search for him as in depth or i don't know but a lot of sources reference this third hunter Mm -hmm. but don't tell me who they were yeah Next case that I have some information on is December of 1946, so the following year, a woman by the name of Paula Weldon, who was just 18, disappears. She's on that long trail I was talking about. Mm-hmm, um, she's 22 miles. Yeah, yeah, so she's going for a hike near a the mountain. A long hike. That's oh. going to take you a couple of days. Some people just do like part of it and come back. I see. So they, you don't have to necessarily do the whole thing. But yeah. she's on this trail, and I guess... In December, this trail is a pretty popular place because multiple people report seeing her on the trail, including a couple who said that they were right behind her for most of this hike. And 
basically, you know how hiking trails go. Mm-hmm. You'll see the path ahead for so long and then it goes out of vision. Mm-hmm. And she basically goes around this corner. And, and by the gone. time, yeah, by the time oh, they man. reach that point and they turned it and they can see ahead and they should be able to see her, she's gone. No. So they don't really think anything of it, but. Oh, I love the woods. Ooh. Sorry. Yeah, but she like completely, completely disappears. Um, and they said the reason that they kind of kept such a good set of tabs on her and the reason she was so visible is because she was wearing like bright red. So she, oh. if you, she had gone off to any side you of the trail, yeah. you would see her. If, if she was in view, you would see her. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Over a thousand people turned up to look for her. So this was a massive, massive case, including numerous government agencies. I mean, the FBI showed up for this one and they managed to raise a reward of $5,000 for any information, which is about $67,000 in today's money. Jeez. So this is a big deal. Yeah. In, um, excuse me, in 1946. The case today is still open. They never found her, never found her red clothing, nothing like no trace of her. And this case is what prompted the foundation of the Vermont State Police. Really? Yeah, because there was such wide criticism. This This was in 1946. The Vermont State Police was founded apparently in 1947. A little bit of a side question here. What did you wear to hike in the 40s? Because I'm envisioning like safari gear, you know, with the, the, you know. Not something bright red. Like, what's she wearing? A North Face pullover? I mean, <laughs> let's, let's an Edith that. headdress? Like, what? what's happening? I mean, I think they had, like, workout clothes. Um, let's see. So, images of hikers in the 1940s. Thank you, Google Image Search. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty right. So, um, there's an image here that I'm looking at, and it's a woman in... Like those high waisted khaki, yeah, yep. kind of like Jane yeah. from Tarzan, even though that time period, it's not quite the same time period. Um, long sleeve shirt with actually it's got red kind of cuffs on it. Mm-hmm. So maybe red was a big hiking color. Yeah. And like a leather belt. Okay. Um, it's I, I would wear this honestly like, today. I don't know why I'm I'm thinking Meryl Streep and out of Africa, you know, like she's. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I'm I mean, about. not. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're not too far off. Yeah. And then in the summertime, they had those like really atrocious, atrocious shorts. You know, the ones. That oh, I like, know the ones. The seven to nine inch inseam <laughs> that just don't the, look good on anyone. <laughs> the terrible like they're they're like baggy Bermuda shorts. Like the bag shorts, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, or I think there's also a woman, woman walking, um, that kind of looks. She's wearing overalls, so maybe she was wearing red overalls. I don't know. They didn't say it; just said she was wearing red clothing. Sorry, please continue. That's okay. It's important for context. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now, the next person that is part of this Bennington cluster doesn't disappear until 1949. So this is a few years later, and this one is probably the strangest of the bunch because. James Tedford was not hiking. He was not going to the mountain. He wasn't doing any of this stuff. He was on a bus that left Bennington to travel to St. Albans to visit his family. And so because he was visiting them, he had luggage with him. He Mm -hmm. was like going for a trip. And when the bus pulls into St. Albans, when the bus pulls into St. Albans, James was nowhere to be found. Oh. He's not there. And the bus driver, luggage? the luggage was still there where he was sitting. There was an open bus schedule next to the seat. James is, is not on the bus. And I'm sorry. Were there other people on the bus? There were other people on the bus and the bus driver all noted that James had been on the bus 
all the way and they saw him still on the bus after the last stop. So sometime between the stop before St. Albans and St. Albans, he disappeared. What? Where did he go? He was on a moving bus. Mm. He had nowhere to go and he vanished and they never found him. I mean, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. His luggage was still on the bus. Everything was still there. What do you do with his luggage? Probably take it to Goodwill. Well, his family, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Or they might have taken it to Goodwill. I I don't know why I'm like, bus, transient person, no family. (laughs) (laughs) I've created a void in his past. I apologize. (laughs) But yeah, no, they never found him. um, And that's the weirdest one because they they said there was no point from the stop before St. Albans that they stopped to let anyone on or off. And they all swear they saw him on the bus. That's bizarre. Maybe it was collective mismemory. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that one is a short one, but a weird one. The next person is a Paul, not Paula, Paul Jeffson. And this one's probably the saddest because he's just eight years old when he disappears. And he was in his mother's pickup truck. And this is happening in October of 1950. So not too long after the James Tedford case. And he is playing with some toys in the pickup truck while she's going to tend to some pigs that she is caring for. It's something to do with her job. And when she gets back to the truck, he's gone, vanished without a trace. Can't find him. Obviously, hysterical, you know, hysterical mother mode ensues. Um, They have tons of people out to look for him. Don't find him. Coincidentally, he's also wearing red and his name, you know, Paula, Paul. It Mm -hmm. just is like some weird coincidences. And people get really nasty with this one. They they brought in scent dogs and the scent dog goes from the truck to the trailhead Mm -hmm. where Paula had been hiking. Oh, no. Which is really strange. And then the scent just stops. They they don't get any more from there. So that's a really weird kind of coincidence. And then, like I said, people get really nasty with this one. Um, Some people say, oh, he must have been abducted and he Uh was taken away. And, you know, the scent dogs just couldn't pick him up past there. But others say that his parents killed him and fed him to those pigs that they were watching. Oh, fuck. Isn't that awful? Yikes. Yes. And like, that's unsubstantiated. No one ever proved anything. So we we don't know what happens to poor little Paul. Two weeks after Paul disappears, so does a woman named Frida Langer. And that, guess where, where it happened? Also on the long trail. All right. And she had been hiking and camping. And this is something she did. She was a survivalist. So no big deal for her to like be out there for however long. And she is camping with her cousin and her husband. And her husband injures his knee some at some point on this trip. So he stays behind for this particular hike. So it's just her and her cousin. They're going to head down the long trail. Like immediately she steps in a big puddle, gets her sock wet. And she's like, you know what? Hate that. I'm going to run back and change my socks real quick. You wait here. I'll be like 10 minutes. Well, an hour goes by. Doesn't show back up. No. So the cousin goes back to camp and asks her husband, where's Paula? Yeah. Not Paula. They're all fucking named Paul. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Her her cousin asks, where is Frida? Yeah. And her husband's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you guys went hiking. She should be with you. Yeah. So she never showed back up at camp. The cousin didn't come across her on the trail. Vanished into thin air. That's so horrible. So horrible. And it gets worse with her her story. So this is the last disappearance that is part of this cluster. Honestly, the last disappearance that I could find any evidence of happening in this area. Mm -hmm. And 
they call out everyone for this because by this point this is a lot of disappearances in a very short span of time especially with that little boy missing too Mm -hmm. so they get in not just the army this time they call in the coast guard the national guard and the aeronautics commission in addition to hundreds of volunteers that show up to scour the wilderness between where their campsite was and um this whole trail so that is tens of miles that they're looking at tens of square miles and They don't find anything, nothing. They don't find Frida, Paul, Paula, any of these other people that have gone missing in this area in the last few years. Like not a trace, not clothing scraps, nothing. Until May of 1951, when Frida is found next to a reservoir in an open field that has been scoured over the last seven months by all of these groups. What? Uh oh, what's up with her? Well, okay, what? what it's too decomposed. She she's oh, it, she's yeah. okay. She's like really done. Okay, they can't tell how she died, when she died. They can't really get anything. Oh no, from her body. But it obviously looks like she's been outside for for Not a good chunk months. of these yeah. months. But where was she up until that point? Because this mm-hmm. is a part of the trail that I guess was well traveled. No one had seen her. They'd obviously been searching for her. So where was she? Yeah, and who put her there? or what put her there in some some people's minds. Um, and they never figured out what happened to her. That was it. They found her, but that's that's all the information they had. They never were able to solve the case. And speculations for all of these disappearances and murders, I mean, there's so many different theories. Um, top theories are UFO abduction, which I guess with Frida, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. The multidimensional portals that, that we talked really, about. Well, the... the- the abducted by aliens was like a really hot thing, hot topic in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, so I'm not. And I read, about yeah, and I read um, an article about this, and it was talking about depending on which decade you're reading about this story, mm-hmm. they put different theories at the forefront because <laughs> yeah. of what's popular. Right. So of course you've got UFOs, um, multi-dimensional portals, which have been popular in and out since like the 70s, mm-hmm. um, and also of course we've got our Bigfoot or what they call the Bennington creature sure. theories. Okay, um, and. The most mundane, but probably the most accurate uh, story out of all of these is that there was an escaped convict serial killer living in the woods as a madman. Okay. But that is a little far-fetched because the person who they were referring to had escaped like decades earlier and likely wouldn't have been able to survive. Well, and to not find any evidence of somebody living in the... If you're like sustaining yourself... There's going to be some sort of there's going to be some form of shelter, fire, disruption to the wilderness, right? Yeah, they would have found. I mean, if the Army Coast Guard and Aeronautics Commission can't find anything, there's nothing there. I mean, yeah, I I doubt that. So I don't th- I don't believe that one. That is like the but most. It's, mon- there's probably a person behind it. I mean, yeah. probably these. It's it's too too much and too sudden of a start and end date for there not to be someone behind it. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at like what we know about serial killers, it doesn't fit any kind of profile because the ages and like the profiles of all of these people are wildly different. And mm-hmm. if it's a convenience killer, the killing and disappearances of Frida and um, who else? Frida and the little boy Paul, they're too dangerous for a convenience killer because there's other people around. Mm-hmm. Right. But it also could have been multiple different killers operating in the same area. 
under different MOs. There's just, we don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's been weird stuff since. But it's just, that is the story of the Bennington Triangle, specifically with the Bennington Cluster. All right. Well, that was a good story. Oh, my God. Ah! Five, the willies, man. I love hiking so much. And now I'm, you know, I'm going to be looking over my shoulder for the Bennington creature (laughs) if I ever go hiking in Bennington. (laughs) If you ever find yourself in Vermont. (laughs) Indeed. That, I do want to hike that trail, though. I do, too. For sure. Just to see. Yeah. Again, bucket list. The last bucket list item. Don't split up is the main key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It has a 4.5 rating on Yelp. So, you know. Sweet. All right. Okay. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, we want you to head to your favorite podcasting platform and drop us a review. You can also find our episode catalog at thegoodolddayspod.com. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegoodolddayspod. Uh, you can send us an email through our website. And Jasmine, what about social stuff? Social stuff? You want to check out our... I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, we're on Twitter at thegoododpod and Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at thegoodolddayspod. All right. Excellent. Well, we hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.